Underdog Collectibles is an online shop run for collectors by collectors. Join them every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night as they break new products, talk sports, and hopefully you'll pull a great hit to add to your collection. Visit them at www.udogcollect.com and tell them Waxpack Hero sent you. Remember, always bet on the underdog. You're listening to the Waxpack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. of the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. I hope things are going well for you wherever you are at and whenever you are listening to this. Hope you're staying safe and I hope you're actually able to take advantage of this resurgence that we've seen over the last year or two in the hobby and especially this last several months in the midst of COVID. There's more cards being opened than ever before. There's more eyes on cards and eyes on collection and eyes on the hobby than we've ever had before. And that's led to all kinds of increased conversations with both returning collectors, with brand new collectors, and with people who have been in the hobby the whole time. It's been a lot of fun. At least it's been a lot of fun for me to have this increased focus and increased presence on the hobby There's content everywhere, and so I hope you're just able to have a good time enjoying this hobby that we all love. Well, today we've got another conversation is with someone that many of you might already be familiar with, but has stepped away from the directly working in the hobby for the last several months. Today we're going to talk with Susan LeJudai, better known as Suze. We first decided and had talked about getting together for an interview back at last year's National. And then as she stepped away from Tops, that kind of got put on hold a little bit as things shook out and things got settled. And then with COVID and everything else going on, we are just now finally getting a chance to get together and talk. But I've got that interview that I'm going to go ahead and run right now. Suze, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate getting a chance to connect. Um, We first met at the National last summer and had briefly talked about getting together for um, an interview and one thing led to another and some stuff came up and we didn't get a chance to do that till here almost what nine or ten months later. So I appreciate uh, the chance to, to finally connect with you a little bit. Yeah, this is exciting. I'm really uh, I'm looking forward to to our chat. Maybe the first thing is is just to give the listeners a little bit about your collecting background. If I'm not mistaken, I think it might have been 1990 Fleer. Is that right? 91 Fleer. 91. The ugly Fleer. yellow that, that everybody everybody gives such a bad rap for it and I love it it's you know it's, it's tough when like you love something because it was your first like that's the first that I remember collecting as a kid like I'd go my mom would give me money to go to the store to buy some milk and then I would take the change and buy packs of cards you can't do that anymore but <laughs> that's how when I was a kid that's how it was like I'm up at the corner deli you know getting some milk and I'm like yeah let's throw in a pack or two of cards because at the time they're only what, like a quarter so and that was like the first set that for me that I was like really collecting that I didn't have to like steal from my brother. 
then did you collect all throughout your childhood then? You know, I did. I collect a little bit here and there. And it was really when I turned like 16, 17 in that range that my collection started to really grow because I got my first job. So then instead of like, you know, asking my parents for money or taking their change, um, I was able then to go out and buy my own cards. So I spent a lot of time at that point then on eBay buying um, like lots of Derek Jeter cards and A-Rod cards, writing out checks by hand. <laughs> That's how it was back then. You would write a check, mail it to the people, they would cash it and send it to you. It just, you know, it would take like two weeks to a month to get the cards because you have to wait for the check to clear. Oh my goodness. If people tried that now, forget it. Like if you don't pay within two hours of the eBay auction, like the seller starts freaking out. So it's so, so different. Yeah. Those early days of eBay were definitely a, a different world. That's, that's for sure. Is, so is Jeter the, the primary focus of your collection now? Or are there other things that you, you collect? No, Jeter is my main focus. It's uh, kind of has been for a long time. Obviously, you know, since I was 16, 17, yeah, that's when he was a rookie um, dating myself. But, you know, in 1996, you know, he was his first full season and that I was 16 at the time. So, you know, I just I started collecting Jeter cards because I was obviously I'm a, I'm a huge New York Yankees fan. So I started collecting Jeter cards for my collection. And I just, you know, you know, like a lot of other people, like, you know, you're collecting kind of has like peaks and valleys, you know, for me, there was a peak and then I went to college and it was more so that like, I had a full-time job in college while going to school full-time and just doing the bazillion thing. So it's just, I just didn't even have time to really collect. But once I graduated college and I was kind of then like out on my own several years later, uh, yeah, I started collecting back up again and then filling in gaps in my collection of like cards I may have missed throughout the years. I'd love to talk a little bit about your career progression, both in, you know, sports and the sports card industry. Um, if I understand correctly, you kind of use writing for your own blog as kind of a launching point for your career. Is that accurate? Um, a little bit. So I was a sports reporter, sports writer for 15 years. I did that, you know, that was what I went to school for, you know, I studied journalism. Um, and I was a sports journalist for 15, for 15 years. Um, but during that time, you know, obviously I still love, you know, obviously I love sports. And I'm writing about, at a time I'm living in South Jersey, and I'm writing about, you know, the Phillies and high school sports and everything else that could possibly happen. But I still loved cards. And to me, you know, it's like my outlet was like, well, I love cards. How do I also then share my hobby? And one of that ways was uh, creating the blog, A Cardboard Problem with my friend Marie, who is also a huge collector as well. So we created the blog and obviously like as a writer, you know, it was, it was my thing. Um, and through that, I, you know, I made new connections within the hobby. And one of them was with Chris Olds at Beckett. And having a background in journalism, he was like, hey, and then, you know, obviously seeing my, my knowledge of cards on the blog, he was like, hey, why don't you, would you like to do some freelance for us at Beckett? So I did, and I did freelance for them. It was, um, I think it started at the National one year um, in Baltimore, and I wrote like four articles that weekend. Um, and then it turned into a steady gig with them. And when then there was a job opening, I think... Um, 
somebody had left and then there was a position open for like basketball, football, and hockey editor, um, you know, they offered me the position and jumped on board. So instead of being a sports writer, I became a sports card writer. Um, and then from there, I happened to see a job opening at Tops and reached out to people I knew at Tops to see if, you know, I'd be able to, to come in for an interview. And I did. And I got the job and I worked at Tops for five years after that. Now, did you relocate to Texas when you worked for Beckett or did you still no, work from New York? I still worked from New York. I was able to work uh, remotely from home, okay. which I was grateful for because I was not moving to Texas. No yeah, offense that, to Texas. I'm just, I'm a New Yorker. I live in New York. So I'm to stay in New York. Anytime relocations are involved, that, that becomes a, a much more challenging experience. That's for sure. I became aware of you, you know, in your time at, at Tops, you know, and I think, um, you know, there's, there's several others who have appreciated your time at Tops and the engagement and the interaction that you had with, with the sports card um, community there. I, I saw that there was a story that you put out while at Tops that received 1 billion impressions. Is, is that accurate? There was a story that went viral. It was with Steve Winfrey and his wife, Heather. And if you know the story, um, she, he needed a kidney. Like he suffered from kidney disease and needed a kidney. And his wife found out she was a match for him. So she decided to make a custom tops card, throw it in a pack of cards to surprise him. And that was the gonna be the way she was going to be like, hey, surprise, I'm gonna save your life. Um, so I saw this, it was like right around the all-star game. Um, I was not there, but I remember like, it was like two or three o'clock in the morning and I, I don't sleep. So it was around two, three o'clock in the morning. I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see this, this video of him opening this pack of cards. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is a crazy story. One, because I cried and because it was such a heart touching story and anybody who watches video, if you didn't cry, um, you, you have no emotions. I'm just assuming your like heart is stone because it was such a heart, heartwarming video. Um, and then like my like marketing work brain took over and said, this could be big. So we reached out to Steve and Heather. Um, but then I also sent it to a PR consultant we were working with and was like, you need to put this everywhere it can go, like send it to everybody. And they sent it like Good Morning America and all these different outlets. And it picked up very quickly because it was that type of viral video that you knew if the right person saw it, it was going to explode. And that's what ended up happening. And then it took on a life of its own. And then from there, it just went crazy. Very cool. Very cool. There's there's something else that I was hoping to maybe touch on a little bit from both your time at Beckett and your time at Tops. I think you know probably might influence the answer here. But as you might be aware, card collectors can be quite opinionated, and sometimes those opinions are based on actual facts and data, and sometimes not so much. And that can make it tough to know the most effective way to share feedback with a, a manufacturer. And so I was wondering if you had any advice for 
some of us content creators or other collectors on the most effective way to engage with the company so that that constructive feedback is received and maybe differentiated from all of the noise that exists as well? I mean, it's a good question. A year ago, I would have had a, a, a different answer for you. Um, I don't have a good answer for you now because unfortunately, I don't know what that would be without, I, it's like I haven't been the top since September, so it's about nine months now. So, you know, things are different, things have changed. Um, so I don't know essentially who would be like the perfect way to reach out. My advice would be like, it's not happening this year, but like attend events like the national so that you can actually meet with people face to face. It's old school, but like potentially writing a letter could be helpful. I mean, a physical handwritten letter. And if you can like find an email address for somebody who is important, potentially writing them an email as well. Kindness in general goes a long way. So if like you address people with anger and hostility, and then I get why some people would, some people are upset, some people are frustrated by things, but kindness goes a long way kind of stuff so a lot of tone and approach and style does even kind of the overt i want to see things get better or i'm trying to to help or the recognition of i don't have it all figured out but here are some thoughts or ideas um do, do those types of things typically help or can those types of things typically help even in and how you craft those messages I think like they're appreciated, but I also think like sometimes when somebody has an idea that like this would be better if it's done this way and you're like, maybe, but you, you know, there's a lot that goes, that happens behind the scenes that you're probably not considering. So you don't actually, so while in, in like your limited view of knowledge and it's not wrong, it just means you don't have all the information, you might think something works better, would work a better, you know, differently in a better way if you did it my way mm -hmm. or like my suggestion. But in reality, like there's so many things that are happening, especially like, and this is, these are the things like I learned when I started working at Tops because like I went to Tops with like, it should, I don't know why this happens and it should be done this way and X, Y, Z and blah, you know, it's like, and then I started working there and I'm like, oh, that's why that's done this way. And it can't be changed but this is something we can work on. So let's work on this together. You know, it, it was, there's some things that can be changed and there's some things that unfortunately can't do to different like systems and processes that, that happen in the background that people aren't aware of. One of the things that you've been doing um, more so recently than when you were kind of in your uh, role with tops is hosting card chat on Twitter and throwing out some questions and asking collectors, to um, share their thoughts on, on a different question or a different topic. Tell me a little bit about that. Is, is that the reason behind that? Just because you enjoy having the conversation or are you doing your own research for something? You know, what, what's the impetus behind Card Chat? So I started Card Chat actually when I worked at Beckett. So it's been around for eight or so years, <laughs> for quite some time. Um, so I started when I worked at Beckett and it was just, at the time, it was really just a way to engage, you know, collectors. So when I did, when I worked at Tops, it happened infrequently. 
And part of it was timing. Like I, you know, my hours changed when I worked at Tops. Instead of working from home, I had to commute now. So now you were looking at much longer days. Um, then I also had a baby while I was working at Tops. So my life got even more hectic. So, you know, sometimes th some things had to go. So car chat was one of those extras that I would have enjoyed doing. But unfortunately, with a newborn, it was a little more difficult. Um, and then I got to the point, too, was like, while I work at Tops or worked at Tops, I, I wasn't Tops. And people would start like, you know, if, if let's say I did a car chat on redemptions, you know, instead of getting like actual answers from people, you know, I would get, well, you work at Tops, you need to fix the redemption. Where's my redemption? I'm like, I can't do any of those things, you know. So it, it, it got a little tough to do. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm of the mindset that um, my social media is what I make of it. Um, I'm not going to go on social media and argue with people and be antagonistic. That's not what I want from it. And if you're going to be, if you're going to be those types of people, like I'll either block or mute you or just avoid it because I go on social media to enjoy myself and engage with people. Um, so then when, you know, I left tops and I had, I won't say I had more time because I'm still very busy, but it gave me an opportunity to start engaging with collectors in a different way. Um, and, you know, and, and I wanted to make sure I was still part of the hobby because even though I, I worked at Tops, I was still a collector. I'm always a collector. And this gave me the opportunity to continue to, you know, be a voice in the hobby and continue to push forward things where I could make changes. A couple of weeks ago, you launched the Card Chat newsletter. What's the idea behind that? Um, I love writing, you know, that's, as we spoke, that's still my thing. I, I don't get to write as much as I want to or used to. Um, but I wanted to make sure, like, again, like, you know, I still had a voice in this hobby because I love cards and collecting. And I just felt a newsletter was a good outlet. You know, I have a, I, we have the blog. We don't really write on it anymore as much as we used to. Again, the blog is like 10 years old at this point. But I don't know, this to me felt like a, a good outlet having a newsletter. And I was excited because the feedback so far has been tremendous. And we had so many people sign up for it at the get-go. So I'm really thankful and excited for it. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see how it continues to develop. And so I um, wanted to definitely make sure we touched on that today. Thank you. Something else that, that has been on my mind is that sports cards are kind of stereotypically known as a male-centric hobby and industry, but there's clearly females who both work in the industry and are actively involved in collecting. So, you know, you, your successor, Emily at Tops, Angela Loeffler, and, you know, a variety of other, and maybe a growing number of women on social media are kind of working to, to bust that stereotype. And I was wondering, do you or did you find that perception caused challenges for you both professionally or in your enjoyment of the hobby? Yes and no. It, I remember one time I was interviewing somebody when I was at Beckett and, you know, we're discussing cards and he was like, do you even collect cards? And it was just even the way he said it. I was like, actually, I funny story. I do collect cards. <laughs> um, so it's along the lines of like when you hear women talking about sports and like guys feel the need to quiz them to make sure they're a true fan. 
you get that a lot too in collecting like oh really like you're a collector tell me and it's like i you know I'm, i don't need to i don't get it as much and i'll say because i think that like my sort of like resume speaks for itself at this point but i know other women do deal with this and it's disappointing because it's like you don't need to know every little detail about every little set to prove that you're a collector not nobody knows everything about cards like it's just there's so many products and so many different like eras and all this stuff that like nobody's gonna know everything about cards so i think that you do get that to a point but it also is one of the reasons why a cardboard problem became as popular as it did back in the day because it was a blog of two women writing about trading cards and their exploits and their, you know, their fines and their mail days and just what cards meant to us. And it wasn't any different than I would say like really anybody else's blog, but it was just that it was two women. And, you know, that came with like, you know, other people were like, cool, women collect cards too. And I didn't feel it was inherently negative. It just was sort of like, felt like a novelty at the time. But what's great is that with social media, you know, there are, you see that there are other women out there who collect cards and it's not as different as it used to be, but the reality is it's still male dominated. Like, I feel like of like the people I follow when it comes to card collecting, most of them are men, but I make it a point anytime I see there's a woman who collects cards, like it's, they pop up in my feed, I immediately follow them because I want to make sure that, you know, I, I support, I support that. And, you know, if they ever have any questions for me, I'm here. Well, as you kind of referenced earlier, last fall, you left Tops and joined Culturefly. Can you tell me a little bit about Culturefly and, and the role or what the company does and what you do for them? Yeah, so I am the marketing manager at Culturefly. I run the marketing team there and we make subscription boxes. So um, not so much lifestyle boxes, but kind of like different brands and themes so they do Pusheen, they do Supernatural, The Nick Box, like retro 90s Nick TV shows, Friends Box, The Office Box, um, My Hero Academia, which is an anime. I'm just trying to think, there's a lot of Jojo Siwa Box, you know, so it kind of hits on like a bunch of different, um, like for kids and adults and men and women. So it's a lot of different things there. Um, and they're really fun boxes. And the reason I actually knew about them was because I was a customer first. Um, they also do the Supernatural box and I'm a huge fan of Supernatural, the TV show. And so one year, I think it was two-ish years ago, uh, I was in New York Comic Con, four tops, you know, working the booth. But as I'm walking the floor, two tops, I see this booth that has the Supernatural box that they're launching. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. So I bought in. I've been a customer since the very first Supernatural box. And now I work for them. Well, I have a few rapid fire questions for you to end the show. Something that I picked up from Ty over at the Breaker Culture podcast that I've been working to incorporate every once in a while. And so I've got a few uh, rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, first of all, what is your favorite Junk Wax era set? Junk, I guess 91 Fleer. <laughs> the first one, that makes sense. What is your favorite non-sports card podcast? You know, I don't listen to podcasts. Oh. I know, I'm a jerk, right? We're, we're on a podcast. <laughs> no, that's, podcast. That's, that's fine. Okay, so not a podcast listener. 
Who would you say, this is kind of put you on the spot, who would you say is the most underrated sports card content producer? Those back pages, YouTube. Those back pages, YouTube. That's a good one. And then finally, what is something that you learned outside of the hobby that has had the biggest impact for you in the hobby? Supposed to be rapid fire, but I'm thinking about this one. That's okay. Um, it's just being genuine. Like the same thing, you know, in life, if you're genuine, I feel like that goes a long way with people. And I felt the same way with that, with that, within the hobby. Like I'm not going to be somebody I'm not. So what you kind of, other than like my lack of cursing on social media, because <laughs> I curse a lot in real life, um, what you see is what you get. And I think that's very important in life and in the hobby and just in general is just to be genuine. Very cool. Well, Suze, where can people follow you? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Yankschick, Y-A-N as a Nancy, X-C-H-I-C-K, because I am a Yankees fan. Um, and that's probably everything I do is on there. I don't really care for Instagram and Facebook all that much. There you go. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate having the conversation. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Suze. She's done so much in the hobby, has such a great reputation in the hobby, and I'm thankful that she agreed to come on the show for an interview. You can let me know what you thought by reaching out at waxpackhero at gmail.com or on Twitter at TheMikeSummer. You can find me on TikTok at waxpackhero there as well. I would love to hear your feedback and your thoughts. I would also invite you to check out the Hobby Hotline. We're live every Saturday morning and every Monday night. A variety of us podcast hosts all get together to take calls from you, the collector, so that we can have a fun conversation about the hobby, answer any questions that are on your mind, discuss any topics that you've been thinking about. We just like to, to celebrate this hobby. So tune into the Hobby Hotline as well. well. That's all I've got for you today. So I will catch you next time.